into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football programs. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined as always by my brother and co host, Sam Bradley. It is game day, Big Blue Nation, and this week, our beloved Wildcats head south down to Gainesville, Florida, where they will take on the number 12-ranked Florida Gators. Now all of us Kentucky fans know the history behind this rivalry and the fact that we have been on the wrong side of that history more times than not. But if you do look at the most recent years, Two out of the last four years, we have been able to become victorious in this rivalry, one being at home and also a huge win down in the swamp a few years ago. Florida played great last week against Utah. Kentucky had a nice little tune-up game against Miami of Ohio, two teams that both have extremely high expectations for the season, fan bases who are beyond excited to see their teams play. It's shaping up to be quite an epic matchup down in Gainesville tonight. With that being said, I would like to bring in Sam. And Sam, I'd like you to give our listeners just a little bit of insight into maybe what we might see tonight, some keys to the game, some storylines circulating around Gainesville this weekend, and all good things Kentucky. So welcome in, bud. Thanks for bringing us in there. It is game day, y'all, and we've got a big one on our hands today. Uh, I mean... Kentucky, Florida, the last five years, that rivalry needs no introduction, obviously, AJ. Uh, as you alluded to, past couple of years, Kentucky Wildcats have really taken it to the Florida Gators, giving them a competitive battle almost every single year. Um, you know, you alluded to that 2018 win down in Gainesville for the first time we were able to beat them in 30 years in their swamp. Um, the Wildcats are looking to, to replicate that same win here today, and you know, truthfully, I think if they stick to some of the keys that we're going to dissect here in a second, I think we have a, a real good shot. Um, a lot of the nation and the <clears throat> Florida faithfuls are pretty high on their team right now. And don't get me wrong, as they've jumped up to number 12 after that solid Utah win, um, probably rightfully so, as Utah was ranked number seven in week one. But at the same time, A.J., we go back two weeks ago before the start of the season. This Florida Gators team was um, kind of a bubble SEC team, if you will. Really, no one knew where they were going to finish out for the year. And, you know, they flipped the script pretty quickly. So this is the Kentucky Wildcats opportunity to maybe bring everyone back down to earth on what the Florida Gators truly are. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson, he's going to jump off the page at us. And that's going to be probably our number one job is just containing him. But I'll get into that. 
there's a lot to unfold, um, a lot of different scripts being told today and different angles of how we're looking at this game. One thing I want to start with, AJ, is kind of at that, uh, that 2018 win down in Gainesville, what we did there, what we need to replicate today. Because obviously, don't get me wrong, we're years apart from that. But um, I think the most important thing to kind of bring our fan base back to ground, because I know there's a lot of worry of, hey, if we play like we did last week, we're probably not going to win. And I would totally agree. But if we play like that second half, then, we, then we've got a shot to, to beat Florida down in Gainesville today. Um, what I thought was funny is I, I went back and I actually watched that 2018 win. Um, just wanted to see the little things, what we were doing right. But the biggest takeaway that I had, AJ, was um, coming off the heels of a Central Michigan win in week one back in 2018. We played terrible. We beat them like 35 to 20, I believe was the score. Um, a lot of memories that in that 2018 year with Josh Allen that we just weren't going to live up to our potential. It's a very similar script to what we're staring down the barrel of today with our, you know, you know, lackadaisical win last week against Miami of Ohio. And now we're walking into a top 15 opponent in Florida Gators. What Coach Stoops kept saying Leading up to that 2018 win, what he keeps continuing to say today, he's got it. We all have to pay attention to the details, the little things. That's what's going to separate us today. And I think for me, AJ, my key takeaway right now is it starts in the trenches. We talked about it after week one matchup, but it starts in the trenches. You look at what Florida did last week and what they didn't do. What they didn't do well is they gave up over 200 yards rushing on the ground against Utah in their own barn our ability in the trenches to move the line to get the run game moving early is going to be vital obviously you and i and most of bbn know we're down to just two backs this week we're very confident in those backs with lavelle wright and classier smoke we're very confident i think we have to get our run game going early we couldn't do it against miami of ohio and a lot of that was on the fault of our offensive line. We got to push those guys back. We got to make some lanes open up. We got to get in good second and third down positions. We can't be third and long all night long down in Gainesville. They're too good. They're too, they're much better athletes. We can't put ourselves in those positions. Um, along with the run, AJ, I, I honestly think a critical piece to that run game tonight is opening up the playbook to involve Will Levis to be on the ground and running a lot more tonight. Um, you know, we're down to two backs. I just said it. So Will Levis almost has to come in as our third back here tonight, AJ. And I, I really want to see him moving the ball, moving his feet and creating opportunity from getting outside the pocket when available. Uh, I don't want him to rush anything or force things with his feet, but I, I hope obviously some of the game plan was that, Hey, you know, we're down to two backs. We really need you to step up. Um, be looking for opportunities and windows once, you know, pockets are collapsing, once plays are having to go into extended periods. Let's try to get you out. Let's try to get you on the run. Let's make up some of that lost rushing attack that we had last week. Um, I, I really think that's critical because you and I talked about it after last game. If we can open up our play action opportunities, that's going to be critical for the Wildcats to win tonight. Um we talked about it. Will Levis's efficiency with play action is off the charts. Um, we have athletes. We proved that last week. 
if we can get into those play action scenarios, we can really lever some of these athletes at wide receiver that we have, get Barry and Brown going, get Dan Key going early, Travion Robinson. Let's get all these guys going early off the heels of the rushing attack. That That's really my first key takeaway. And, and like we said, AJ, all of that starts with the trenches. We've got to protect Will Levis, and we've got to move that defensive line to create some holes for Cavassier Smoke to go to work early and often in this game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think you bring up some some really great points there. Um, touched on a lot of the things that I had written down and things that I was looking for. Um, for me, I guess um, this is this is where I'll start. And I kind of broke broke things down in, into two different categories. And the the first category that I had um, was more of a category of just. Um, I would say not not more of the X's and O's, but more of some of the outside storylines and, and things that I think may affect um, this game. And I kind of touched on it in my in my opening, but something that I wanted to talk about real quick because I do think that this is something that could play a factor in the game today is, um, you know, Florida did just have a very tough matchup against Utah, and it's you know, they're coming off a season where clearly they failed to meet expectations and that's why they went out and hired Billy Napier and why he did a lot of overhaul and bringing in new players and is going to start to build his own system and recruit his own players and great first win for them. I'm not taking that away from them at all. It's, it's always, um, it's always good to get a win against a quality opponent. And, um, you know, the game was at home week one, might have been a different story somewhere else. But I guess where I'm going with this is, for me at least, watching the game, it was it was emotional to watch it. So playing in it, I could see how that game was extremely emotional, a lot invested in getting that first win against a quality opponent, kind of put it all out there to be able to to win that game. And I'm not saying that Florida can't repeat that because, you know, you see it all the time. But I, I do think this is a spot where um, Florida's going to have to find a way to pick themselves off the mat and, and to, to regain that energy and bring it all night long for, for four quarters. And it's hard to do that week after week unless you are just an extremely well-coached, buttoned-up, and focused team. And I'm not saying that's not what they are but that's not who they've been the last couple of years. So I'm really intrigued to see if they have the same sort of energy and the atmosphere is the same and all that sorts of stuff because, you know, these at the end of the day, these are kids. They're college guys, 19 to 22, 23 years old, whatever you want to call it, and some of them can be susceptible to reading the newspaper clippings, getting a little too high on themselves, whatever you may want to call it. So, um and I think that kind of plays into our favor a little bit with our us having a home game against Miami, being able to travel down to Florida and kind of still be well-rested and, and ready to go for this game. So that's something I'm kind of keeping my eye on just throughout the course of the game. How does Florida respond to the intensity of this matchup, um, the physicality of it throughout the second, third, fourth quarter? How do they look? Are they holding up and playing the same way? Are they starting to slip? So that's kind of something that I, I wanted to keep my eye on. And then 
one more thing, I guess, in that same sort of realm um, would be uh, another storyline involving our quarterback, Will Levis. And if you can rewind a little bit and go back to last season and remember the Florida game, we did win. Mm-hmm. Um, but not one of Will's better games of the season, to be quite frank with you. Um, struggled, didn't play well. He'd be the first one to tell you that. And, you know, we got out of there with the W, and that's all you need, and it was great. Um, But I think that a part of him today says, um, I played bad last time. Uh, Anthony Richardson is getting all the hype after week one performance. And I think Will Levis, in the back of his mind, is, excuse me, is kind of saying to himself, like, it's time to go prove myself and show these people who I am and what I'm all about. And uh, yeah. so I think that's another little thing that's kind of playing into this. Um, and those were kind of my big, big things that may end up having somewhat of an impact on the game. Um, yep. As far as outside things, not just the the X's and O's. Yeah, no, you're right. And I love what Stoop said leading up to this game where he, he basically is – just putting full faith in Will Levis and his capabilities. And basically he said, guys, um, you know, when, when you have a, and he called Will Levis a, a franchise quarterback, um, it opens up all opportunities. Basically just saying like, you know, anything is possible when you have a guy at the helm like Will Levis. And I totally believe that today. I think he will kind of fall into that same mentality, AJ. He wants revenge. I know we won last year, but he did not play well. We scraped and clawed, um, obviously had that block kick return for six, which uh, really kind of elevated us to that win last year. And I think he knows that and he wants to come out here and prove it. I I totally agree with that narrative that, you know, Anthony Richardson, don't get me wrong. One of the major keys that I've written down for us to win tonight is we have to contain him. And that starts in the trenches. We talked about it on offense. Now it comes defense. It, It starts in the trenches. You can't let that guy get outside the pocket or we're going to really suffer. Um, You're asking your cornerbacks, your secondary, to do way too much when you're letting the quarterback extend plays outside the pocket for four, five seconds. We can't have that. Um, We've got to contain him. Minimal rushing attack from him. Um, I, I know everyone's talking about his arm, his arm, his arm. But, you know, Will Levis has an arm, okay? Anthony Richardson yeah, he can throw the ball. I don't get me wrong, but that's not what he's known for. Um, let's really simplify his g- game tonight. That's what I think has to happen. Um, but you're totally right. I mean, this is a quarterback matchup that a lot of the nation is tuning into. And for us to win tonight, Will Levis has to win that matchup. He, he really does. He's got he's to gotta have a night. Um, but, you know, as I sit here and think about it, A.J., this is kind of his opportunity. It makes me smile. This is his opportunity. This is a national stage. It's number 20 Kentucky down in Gainesville, number 12 Florida. If he can come out and have a great night, I mean, this is the hype that everyone is talking about, AJ. So it's a, it's got to be a cool moment. Um, I'm sure he'll come in cool, calm, collected, and prepared, just like Stoop says he approaches every game. But that's, uh, that's probably the most exciting script that I have from tonight's game. So getting back into the X's and O's a little bit out of the game to kind of piggyback off of some of the things that you were saying, um, 
Yeah, I think defensively for us, um, number one key is containing Anthony Richardson. Um, so with a quarterback like that, um, the way I see it, 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 it can be pretty tough to account for the quarterback who's so mobile um, when you play a lot of man coverage on defense because basically at that point what you need to do is have somebody spying on the quarterback and being able to account for him at all times. Um, good thing about the way Kentucky likes to play defense is we play a lot of zone coverage. Playing in zone coverage, we are able to kind of keep more eyes on the quarterback and be able to account for him with not just one player, but potentially multiple players who are in certain, supposed to be in certain different areas of the field to kind of contain him and not let him see those open running lanes and be able to take off of them. So I think that's going to be super, super important for us is to just be disciplined and be where we're supposed to be. Um, There's no need to panic and um, get out of position and and do all sorts of crazy things. I think it's just really about being disciplined on defense tonight, um, being where we're supposed to be. And then our front seven has got to be able to to create some pressure. I don't think we necessarily need to say, oh, we need to go out there and blitz a ton and, and throw everything at this kid because you blitz too much and, and he'll he'll make you pay. So yep. um, finding a way to create pressure with the four guys up front with some linebackers, um, creating that natural pressure, um, making him speed up his clock and, and forcing him to get off his spot and make throws um, – when he gets out of the pocket, um, you know, to me, there's a difference in quarterbacks. Some guys are getting out of the pocket to be able to escape the pressure to throw the ball. Uh, Will Levis does a pretty good job of that, being able to escape and not just saying, oh, I'm going to take off right away. Uh, a lot of guys kind of, you know, they resort back to that. What they know and what they know is their speed. So um, with Anthony Richardson, I think it's it's important when he gets outside of the pocket, when he inevitably inevitably does stay disciplined do not go and get out of position chasing him down and trying to do all sorts of crazy things um but he's looking to run when he gets out of the pocket so uh, just kind of keep that in mind um but like i keep saying it just comes back to those like you even said those little things those details and being disciplined on defense i really think um we've just got to be buttoned up on that side of the football today um And one other thing that I – we will lose if this happens. If our defense is playing well and we're getting them into third and long and Richardson is able to get out of the pocket and create some big runs or some big pass plays or whatever the case may be, and they're able to convert a couple of those long down and distances to keep the chains moving, that is something I think we absolutely cannot do. You cannot give them more life. And when you give them life on a play like that, it's just going to build their confidence. And the kid is going to keep getting more into the game and more in rhythm and starting to see things better. And we have got to keep them from being able to do that. I have no problem trying to force them to go 12, 13, 14 plays down the field to score a touchdown. That's okay. Cause I have faith that we will be able to stop them and make them force them to kick some field goals, some different things like that. What we cannot have is big explosive plays, two to three play touchdown drives, 
having them pinned and then having a complete breakdown and seeing one go over the top for a 50 yard game stuff, stuff like that, where, and it comes back to discipline and just trusting your training and the coaching staff and doing the things you need to be doing. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I see the defensive side of the ball for us. Um, and the kind of the things that we need to do in order to be successful, to give us a chance to win the game. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, we got to limit the big plays and we have to win that battle. Uh, you know, we talked about it after last week, AJ, but winning that big play battle is critical to seeing success in the win category. Um, we really have to limit them. And that starts with, like we said, containing Anthony Richardson, make him beat you in the pocket. Don't let him get out and extend the plays and, convert those long downs. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think by sustained pressure from our, our front seven, mostly created from those four rushing um, tackles, I think that's the key to also winning the turnover battle tonight. Uh, it, you know, if we can get Anthony Richardson off of his game and win the turnover battle tonight, that is going to put us in the best position to win down in Gainesville. I, I'm telling you right now, we lose the turnover battle. We're not coming out of Gainesville with the W. You can't let that offense have that much more time to figure their game out. That's going to be critical to tonight's win. Um, hopefully, you know, Mark Stoops has, has really fixed some of the holes that we saw in the trenches last week. You know, a lot of what he said after the game was encouraging. He said it's easy fixes. It's communication. You know, the guys are playing slightly different positions than they're used to, so they're not used to communicating the way they have to now, um, especially on the O-line. I think that's critical to tonight's win. They, we have to see that those two lines, offensively and defensively, unified tonight. There's going to be 90,000 people in the swamp ready to roll. Their team's back in the top 15 Last year, we beat them, and after that, they lost the next six of, the, of nine games. I mean, they know what's at stake tonight, AJ. I'm sure that place is going to be rocking and rolling. That offensive line, that defensive line has to be communicating, has to be on their P's and Q's, and the attention to details, the little things, AJ, the communication. Because I'm telling you, there's going to be moments tonight that you're not going to be able to hear yourself think. So those guys got to be locked in, paying attention, and limit the the big mistakes. Um, I, I think, you know, they do those things. They pay attention to the details and I, I have full confidence. I mean, we walked into this season marking this down as a W. I remember when me and you went through the, the schedule, I'm still there. I'm still there. I don't care all the hype that they're getting right now. I'm still there, but we're facing a lot of injuries. We're depleted in specific areas. We get Jordan right back, which is huge. Um, we need, we needed our linebackers to be a little more depth and that's exciting. Um, obviously we're still without C-Rod, so, you know, we'll make the adjustment there, but I, I still have full confidence that we can walk out of Gainesville tonight with a W. So one more thing I just wanted to touch on the, uh, defensive side of the ball real quick for us before I, I talk about the offense and, um, Watching the Florida game last week against Utah, outside of Anthony Richardson, I thought their running backs ran the ball quite well. Um, um, Difference between Utah and Kentucky, though, um, and a lot of people might not truly understand this, 
Um, but we just have a lot. Uh, it's just a bigger man. It's a more physical man on the Kentucky football team. I'm just going to put it bluntly. Um, there's a reason why teams on the West Coast have struggled the last however many years. I mean, they haven't had a real elite team out there since USC back in the early 2000s. So um, the the real problem is all the guys who play in the trenches, defensive line, offensive line, the biggest guys around the country, they're all going to, down to play in the SEC. So uh, I understand Florida was able to kind of push Utah around quite a bit and run the ball quite effectively. I don't necessarily see that as the case against Kentucky. I'm not saying that we are an elite run-stopping team by any means, but um, I think we are definitely – it's a step up in class as far as being able to push around – um, the Kentucky defensive line, especially a Kentucky defensive line with a few guys on it who have played Florida before and know what this is all about. So um, I think that's that's something where if we can kind of limit the run and not let them be as effective in that, um, kind of force them into some more known passing situations and then being able to account for Anthony Richardson and his mobility um, kind of puts us in a better position. So um, kind of something I'm paying attention to as far as a game within the game um, is how our defensive line is going to hold up against their running backs and be being able to force them into being a more one dimensional football team and not let them get us on our heels. Um, because obviously if, if we're guessing as to what they're doing on offense, we're, we're going to be in for a long night. So um, that's kind of all I had for the defense, so I kind of wanted to touch on some things on offense. I know you have already, um, so kind of just wanted to throw some things at you real quick. But um, we talked about Will Levis earlier a little bit. Obviously, we, we need him to play well, have a big game. Um, for me, it, it's it's really not about the numbers, the yards, whatever. It's really about the decision-making with him. Um that is the one area in which I, I find him putting himself and our team into situations in which necessar- we don't necessarily need to be in. And I'm not saying he's going to be perfect all the time, but I do think a little of the decision-making sometimes it, it can be cleaned up a little bit. So I, I just want to see him tonight be decisive, understand what you're trying to do, and, and just go after it. Trust your receivers, trust your O-line, and really just put it all out there and, um, you know, all up here in the head. Just mm-hmm. be able to remain focused and continue to make those good decisions and put our offense in an area to, su- to succeed, which obviously we've been able to do in the past. We'll see what goes on this weekend. We need that run game, as you alluded to. We only got two backs, so we need to find a way to get Lavelle Wright and Cavassier Smoke yep. some yards to be able to take the pressure off of Will Levis a little bit. Um, I, I I really look for, um, you know, obviously game one we didn't see a whole lot, but we, you know, we do have a brand new offensive coordinator in Rich Gangarello, and yep. he comes from the 49ers if you go back and watch the 49ers tape last year, just a lot of really interesting things they do on offense to move guys around, be able to get their playmakers the ball in in different areas of the field. Um, if you 
kind of pay attention to what Mark Stoops and others have been saying. They like Lavelle Wright um, as far as being able to catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Something Cavassier Smoke I wouldn't say necessarily is great at. He's more of a downhill runner. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see how we might get him involved in the game. Um, some screen passes, some 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 different things. Um, and then Travion Robinson. I really want to talk about him real quick. Um, he impressed the hell out of me in game one. Um, he flashed off the screen. He really did a great job of being able to get open. And then when he did get open with the ball in his hands, he's explosive. A lot of yards after the catch. Yep. Um, one area of Florida's defense from kind of breaking them down. I know it's only been one game, but I thought they were very – susceptible over the middle of the field. I didn't think that their secondary and linebackers were really had a ton of speed. And, and um, I think that he has a complete mismatch in the game today. I think that we need to utilize him as an X factor and getting him the ball whenever possible, because I really do think that he can kind of destroy this game. Yeah. Um, there were games last year where Wandell Robinson really just created absolute nightmares for other defenses, and they they couldn't figure out how to cover him. Yep. He was moved up. He was moved around outside, inside, in the backfield, doing all sorts of things to keep the the defense guessing. And and I I could see Tavion Robinson playing a similar similar role today, where if you're able to on offense read what the defense is giving you and move that kid around and be able to put him in positions to get the ball. I really do think that he's a game breaker and he could be somebody who today you see some plays out of him where you're like, okay, yep, that's, that's the guy let's go. Um, So that's kind of what I'm looking for on offense, establishing the run. You talked about it with the O line, just protect Will Levis, give him some time, the good decision-making, all the good things that we need to do on offense to put ourselves in advantageous situations to be able to either run or pass. And yep. and then the last little thing I had was just the red zone. Yep. When you get down in the red zone, you got to score the ball. Our receivers yep. are, we don't have like a big bodied receiver where you're just like, Hey, let's go throw it up to him in the end zone type thing. Mm-hmm. We got some tight ends. We're a little thin at running back. Your quarterback is a wonderful running option in the red zone. So I want to see some creativity. I want to see some good play calls and some good design. And I'm, I'm, if we can get the ball in the red zone, we got to be able to convert it into points. No field goals. Put that ball in the end zone, bang your head against that goalpost, and run up the score. And I think that if we can be efficient on offense and do what we need to do, I don't think that they I don't think they have enough on offense to keep up with us if we play the way that we're capable of playing on offense. Yeah, I I, I love that point, AJ, and I think so critical for me to come out with that W, especially in the red zone, is if we get Tavion Robinson off to a clean start, like you're saying, which is exactly what I want to see in the Kentucky Wildcats offense tonight. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already on their radar and they're going to, you know, double them, spy them, throw them in weird um, opportunities where they're they're tricking if it's going to be his own, but it's man, uh, just to kind of throw him off and change what he's seen so far. Uh, you know, obviously he's one game into 
SEC play and he didn't even play an SEC team. So, you know, we'll, we'll see um, what they throw at him. But more critically, when we're in that red zone, I really need to see Dan Key and Barry and Brown step up because if they're honing in on Tavion Robinson, those two guys have to be our relief. And I really want to see them step up and know that if the ball is coming to them, they've got to make a play. I mean, we saw it last year with Wondell. The ball was coming to him. He made that play, regardless of what that pressure looked like. We can't have drops in the red zone. Like you said, it's going to be critical that we come away with all those trips in the red zone with points, with six. Um, so that's really what st- steps out to me. I, you're totally right, Rich Gangarello. I, I'm confident that he put a package together that's going to be far more exciting than week one. I'm excited about what this offense is going to bring to us. Um, you know, my gosh, this is this is everything we want, man. We're going down to Gainesville. We're playing the number 12 team in the nation. We come away with a win. We're 2-0. and We're 100% in the top 12, hopefully the top 10, depending on how the, the rest of the college landscape shakes out today. But come on, this is what we waked up for. This is uh, everything that we want, BBN. Absolutely, man. I have been fired up all week. I've been looking forward to today. I popped out of my bed at 5.30 this morning, just started pacing around my apartment. I didn't even know what to do with myself that early in the morning on a weekend. But um, yeah, man, it, it's super exciting. I think I think we all know as Kentucky fans that if we, if we play to the level that we're capable of and we're buttoned up and, and do the little things right, that we definitely will give ourselves a good chance at winning this football game. Um, hopefully we play well and give ourselves that chance and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, but you know, Mark Stoops will have them ready. He'll have them locked in. Will Levis is going to be leading the team. Um, so I, I see this being quite, quite, quite a game. Um, could be going back and forth, some lead changes, some big explosive plays here and there. Um, hopefully we can win the turnover battle and uh, capitalize on some of those explosives and, and plays in the red zone and, and all the good things that we talked about yep. and be able to get the hell out of Gainesville with a W and head back to Lexington and uh, get ready to uh, do it all again next week. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, AJ, before we, uh, we part for the day, a few last uh, housekeeping, if you will, I got yep. a couple of questions for you. So, one. What's your score prediction and your outcome of the game? And who is your MVP for the Kentucky Wildcats tonight? Okay. Um, so, oh, man. I think the score is going to be 28 to 27. Okay. Kentucky. That's right. I think it's going to be an extremely tight game. Um, and as far as MVP, I want to say Will Levis because, you know, quarterbacks are always the most important. But um, what, I, what I'm going to say is Tavion Robinson because um, I kind of broke it down a few minutes ago. But I, from what I've seen of the Florida's defense, I think that Tavion Robinson is somebody who can really take advantage of the middle of the field and the speed that I saw from him um, and just some of the elusiveness um, 
I, I think he's due for, for a big game. I could see potentially 100-plus yards and two touchdowns if he plays well and the offense is clicking. And uh, So, yeah, I guess um, I'll go out on a little bit of a limb there and say Tavion Robinson, big game, leads the Kentucky offense. Will Levis plays well, does enough, uses his legs. Um, no interceptions. He's not throwing one today. He's not going to do it. I love it. And uh yeah, so I guess that's that's uh that would be my prediction right there. 28-27, Kentucky covers the spread plus five and a half, six, where wherever um wherever it falls. It's yep. it's been bouncing around um between four and a half and six points all week. Um quite quite crazy every day I went on to check um even different sports books and the number has been all over the place. Um, so interested to see how that moves up until kickoff might, might give you a little more, um, lean on which way the gamblers think the game (laughs) might be going. But, uh, yeah, I think Kentucky definitely, um, has enough to cover the spread, um, in that sense. And then, and then win the game outright as a dog. So that's where I'm at right now. I love it. And then what was that? Oh, sorry. Oh no, I uh, was, I was going to ask you what you thought. I was just going to throw it right back to you. I don't, I don't, I don't want to take all the, all the glory of uh, potentially yeah, got, getting my pick right or all the no, I, shame of getting it wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a, a similar outcome. Um, you know, I think if we look at all the years past in the last five seasons, um, the Kentucky Wildcats. Florida Gators matchup really does come down to the last quarter. Uh, we, we've seen it time and time again. It's it's going to be a close game. It's going to be an absolute battle. I, I believe that with my whole heart. Um, I think the Kentucky Wildcats walk out of Gainesville with a 24-20 to 20 win. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we went through the keys. I think for me, the MVP and, and a huge key tonight that we, we haven't fully discussed is – um, some of our players on the back end, I, I really want to see like Jaquise Jones. He's going to be my MVP tonight. Really wreak havoc defensively. Just make it so difficult as an inside linebacker um, to just let Anthony Richardson feel comfortable tonight. I want him in his crap all night long. I want him to be thinking about him when he goes to bed tonight. Just Jesus, I'm going to see him in my dreams for weeks because that guy just wrecked the game. I, I really want to see someone like that, Jaquise Jones, step up, um, hopefully force a turnover, um, just you know, impose our will like we wanted to see last week. Uh, I, I think that's going to be critical. Hopefully he's got a you know, handful of tackles, maybe a forced fumble or a pick as an inside linebacker, and I think that could really elevate us to the, to the win tonight. 24-20, to Kentucky Wildcats coming out of Gainesville with a W, ruining there week two after a massive win in week one and one last item of business aj we're gonna kick it to y'all's favorite segment of the week and this is new for you guys but this is uh aj's picks for the saturday slash sunday slate i'm gonna kick it over to aj he's gonna give you his first of the year AJ's lock for you guys to responsibly gamble if you choose to do so. I appreciate it. So uh, be- quickly before we get to that, um, 
I think you bring up a very interesting point, something we really didn't even touch on, but that's the linebacker play of Kentucky. Um, I We touched on it in the Miami game about J.J. Weaver. I thought he played just very well, flying all around the field. You just mm-hmm. talked about it um, with Jones potentially being your um, player of – MVP or most importance today or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just think our linebacking core is, is really quite strong and, and underrated oh, yeah. if you think about it. And uh, we've got some, some men on that linebacking core who can really just get after it. Um, and then with Jordan Wright being back in the mix today, I mean, there's three guys right there who really have um, – they have the speed. They can get sideline to sideline and be able to chase down Anthony Richardson um, while also still being able to cover over the middle of the field, make those those tackles, um, rush the quarterback, get up there, do all those sorts of different things. So, so I really um, that's it's really intriguing what you said because um, um, I didn't really go too much into that part of the game, but I think that's also a really key part um, is how our linebackers play um, because they can, they can take over the game and really make life, di- life difficult for the Florida offense. So totally. um, with that being said, yes. Um, so for those of you who like to gamble uh, as long as well as along with me as well with me, whatever, I'm kind of fumbling over my words. I'm too excited for the game. It just needs to come already. So, um, but yes, uh, so I live in, in Michigan where we can now legally sports bet on our phone. It's pretty awesome. Um, so for those of you in States where you can do the same thing, um, you can just sit back on your couch like me on Saturday morning and play some bets. So, uh, we just wanted to have a little fun with you guys. Um, Give you out, give you some plays that I see throughout the course of the season on uh, Saturday morning for the upcoming games that week um, or that day. So uh, hopefully, I can give you guys out some winners. Um, I'm not going to promise you I'll hit every single one, but what I will promise you is I would never give you guys a bet unless I'm putting my actual own money on it, my hard-earned cash. Um, I would never give you guys a play that I don't feel confident in and that I'm not putting my own money on. So um, don't expect a long list of 10 plays, but um, one or two potentially. Um, we'll call it a best bet, a best wager, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we'll do this at the end of every show as far as Fridays and Saturdays go, whichever day we release the episode for the preview of the Kentucky football game that weekend. And we are going to head to Iowa City, Iowa. And full disclosure, week one, I bet on South Dakota State plus 10.5 against Iowa. Iowa ended up winning the game 7-3. to um, We touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but yeah, no, they didn't score a touchdown. It was a field goal and a safety and another safety to get to yeah. seven. Uh, and the field goal came off of a shanked punt from Sandy or South Dakota State that went from their own end zone to their own 20-yard line, which then Iowa ran three plays, went negative one yards, and kicked a field goal. <laughs> I say all that to say that today in Iowa City, 
Iowa's taking on Iowa State. Big rivalry game. Spread on the game is plus three and a half, but I'm not looking at the spread. I'm looking at the over-under, which is sitting at 39 and a half. That is extremely low for any football game, let alone a college football game. Um, I think that it's just ridiculous that the over-under is that low, but I'm going to take the under in this game. There is a potential for some thunderstorms, some weather, um, and I just don't see any way in which Iowa is scoring more than 20 points. Um, I it just I I don't see any way this game's going over 39 with a combined 13 points in their first game. Um, granted, Iowa State has got some more firepower on offense and everything, but um, Iowa's pretty buttoned up defensively. Normally, these rivalry games are nip and tuck. They go at each other, but uh, not much happens on the scoreboard. So um, I could see this being a nice, even a 17-13 gets us to the window. Um, all we need is under 39 points. So that's where Love I am it. headed. Uh, I am going over or under 39 and a half in the Iowa Iowa State game. That's where I'm putting my hard-earned cash. So hopefully, if you guys place that, I'll see you at the pay window later in the day when we collect our cash after the game ends with 10 combined points and no touchdowns is the goal. <laughs> I love it. And there's the AJ's week two best bet. Please gamble responsibly if you choose to partake. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, guys. Uh, we're very excited for this game tonight. AJ, I'm, uh, I'm going to try to keep myself busy for the next couple of hours leading up to the game, but I will talk to you once that ball is in the air down in Gainesville. Yes, sir. Big day ahead of us. Going to go fry up some gator tonight. All right? Yes, sir. All right, Sam. Have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, everyone, for listening and uh, tuning in. We appreciate it. And go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S. Cats, cats, cats.